0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Lee
1: has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full time nurse, just lifting up
0: a patient. I tracked the trailer, came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back.
1: He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I
2: love you. <laughs> Call Pond Lehaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys.
1: Now, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHTHD,
0: WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, presented by the Law Offices of Pond Lehaki Giordano.
3: Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders.
1: This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome everyone into The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Kraussie on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the driver's seat. From for Krause, this is J. Doc. Uh, so much to talk about. We've got a great show lined up. Uh, we've got great guests. Uh, Richard Hooker, Teamsters Local 623, uh, Secretary Treasurer, Principal Officer, uh, is going to be joining us in the first segment. Then we have Darnell uh Davis business agent asks me DC33 local 1637 we're going to finish up with uh Philadelphia City Councilman at large uh Jimmy Harity, and 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 there's so much uh, going on I want to uh, give a little bit of a shout out uh yeah to the Starbucks workers in Pittsburgh huge NLRB uh, victory out there. We've had Lynn Fox on this program, and the Philadelphia Starbucks employees who were organizing um, for the Starbucks workers in, in Pittsburgh were fired, and 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 certainly, uh, uh, you know, for unionizing and and union activities and, and a number of other areas. But uh, the uh, NLRB judge, um, you know, found in their favor, and and of course, Starbucks has to make them whole, uh, and and they broke about. I think they said. Well, wow, there was a ton of ton of uh, NLRB federal laws that they uh, that they broke. So, uh, shout out to, to to all those workers out there and and all the Starbucks workers and, and of course Workers United and Lynn Fox and the whole crew. Um, what I'd like to do right now is bring our friend Richard Hooker into the program. Richard, how are you, sir? Doing
3: good, good brother. How you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing fantastic. I'll tell you, labor never rests. And and, uh, you're a prime example of that. Um, You know, you always got to be on your toes. No matter how hard the workers work, no matter what's going on, um, you would think, uh, you know, that people would be treated properly by huge companies that are billion, trillion dollar companies. And um, this situation uh, that your union and the National Teamsters are involved in is certainly no exception. Uh, before we talk about that, if you would um, remind our listeners uh, a little bit about, you know, your union, okay, your local, who your workers are
3: and what they do. So um, we represent UPS workers in Philadelphia, Delaware County. We also represent the Greyhound Ticket agents and we also represent the staff workers at the Philadelphia AFL CIO. Uh, so we, we represent a, a wide range of workers from package handlers to staff workers, ticket agents. Uh, we pretty much are, are really started to do this organizing thing. This is our second organizing, uh, victory that we had in the last four years since taking office. So we, we're just, we're just grinding right now.
1: And and it's interesting. You, you bring up organizing, and, and it's a uh, uh, well, a big part of the life's plot of our labor community and our labor movement. Um, and, and I and I started off by talking about uh, Workers United and, and 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 the Starbucks workers. Uh, and uh, when when we talk about organizing, especially now after the pandemic, you know pe- people are just no longer okay willing to work for subpar wages they just aren't and people thought that people were going to go running back to their jobs and places that pay low wages uh are not you know people are not going to those jobs and so uh an organizing is is a huge part of what we do talk about that if you will
3: organizing is the blood the life the heartbeat of union so um when you see all this organizing being done and workers looking forward to joining unions or creating unions, it's because they want more, they want to demand more. And that pandemic, especially in the height of it and and then what happened toward the tail of it. and, and, And like you said earlier, companies thought everybody was going to run back and thought they were going to just be able to pay their workers low wages. Not anymore. I mean, a lot of, a lot of these workers are younger they they're not just going to settle and uh it's good to see because we we run this country labor runs the country if you look at what happened during the pandemic nothing moves without the workers nothing when the COVID vaccines were being made and delivered who delivered them it was ups workers so you know workers are just not going to take it anymore they're not going to take it on the chin the pandemic pushed us toward the edge and we're fighting back day in and day out. You, you know, you know, you talk about. I've said this a
1: million times, and uh, you know, we can get as technical as we want. Okay, technology can, you know, you can, you know, be able to think of something and 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 you know, be able to order it. Okay, but you can't do anything without the trucks and the teamsters. Okay, no matter how uh, technically, uh, technologically involved and advanced we get, you cannot do it without the trucks. But the teams, because stereotypically people, th- when they think of the teams, they think about the t- truck drivers. But you guys are way, way past that. Uh, you know, from organizing efforts, you have one of the most diverse workforces on the planet. Talk about that.
3: Well, I, we, we have a saying in the teams of universe that we rep- represent workers from A to Z, right? Zookeepers um, all the way up to... Uh, you name it, we do it. Teachers, policemen, firefighters, public sector, private sector, cannery, bottlers. I mean, we, we pretty much represent all workers and, you know, that's that diversity that you talk about. And, and that's what you need as an organization. You need to have a diverse front, a diverse organization. So, so non-union workers can identify with what you are, are representing. You know, and so that diversity plays a key role in organizing. What, as a non-union worker, what can this organization bring to me that I don't have? What can they provide for me outside of just wages, grievance procedures, pension funds, whatever the case may be? Are they doing work in the community? What they, how do they stand on social issues? Um, uh, or do they have a place for me to grow or any opportunities for me to grow to explore and so I think Teamsters, um, but just because we have so much, um, shops and crafts in our organization, there is a place for every worker in, in our organization.
1: And it's certainly, I mean, you know, you, you, you talk about um, the, the great things, the representations that uh, that, that, that uh, our union workers get. You look at, you know, it's why people, at, you know, we talked about Amazon the last time and a lot of the things and stuff that, you know, those people go through on a daily basis. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Okay, there is an impending uh, strike between the Teamsters and, and uh, UPS nationally. And that includes locally. First of all, how many workers, let's go, let's go over the magnitude of the workforce, nationally and then in Philly and regionally, um, that work at UPS?
3: So nationally, we have 340,000 teamsters that work for UPS. In the city of Philadelphia, we have um, 5,000 UPS workers. Now, in the region, when you talk about South Jersey, Delaware, um, the Norristown area, you're talking about upwards of 11,000 UPS teams is right here in this area. Um, so it is is—it is um, a, a large contingency of what we do in this area for as UPS workers. And again, if UPS doesn't do the right thing come August 1st, man, you're talking about just this area, this region, 11,000 workers who responsible for a lot of the movement of product, delivering product, um, uh, warehousing, and stuff like that is all going to be shut down. And that's all going to be solely on UPS and what they do not do in this contract.
1: And so, how big is UPS? Let's talk about, um, you know, for 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 sympathizers of 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 uh, the massive corporations. Okay, and, and, you know, for those who don't really understand what unions are and and hate unions, they hate us just for, you know, because we exist, but don't understand us. How big
3: is UPS? UPS moves six percent of the national GDP, the gross domestic product, six percent. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you break that down, that's a lot of packages moving throughout the system, throughout the commerce of America, right? We move 18.7 million packages per day, right? Okay. And so you're talking about all that stopping. It's just going to stop. So you're not going to get your, 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 your medicine. You're not going to get your diapers, your baby formula, your clothes, whatever you need for your small business to run. It's going to cease all because... UPS does not want to do the right thing, and and, yeah, can and do
1: it. Yeah, and, and 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 I guess my point is, it's a massive company, billions and billions oh of God, dollars. Yeah. Okay, built uh, by union workers. Okay, built up by union workers and with union labor. Okay, and uh, now you have a situation where, and there is so many issues, and we're going to talk about them after the break. Okay, but um, you know the the point we're talking about here is. The company was built. UPS was built by union workers. Okay, using union labor, and uh, you know it's a, it, it, it's important to talk about what you just said. Um, you know the, the the you know a lot of the things that are, are going to be shut down, and and of course uh, it's important for us to educate the the, the people um, that it's a two way street. Okay, you got a trillion dollar company, uh, probably a trillion dollar. I mean, you know, and 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 to me. It's another example of, especially when we after we get done talking uh, about the um, the issues in, in in the second segment, uh, people are going to understand that it's just a corporate greed type situation, and uh, you know, and and, and that's important. Uh, you you you. I saw some things uh, on 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 social media. Uh, what are the status of negotiations?
3: Well, right now it's pretty much up in the air. UPS is saying that the teamsters got up from the table and refusing to negotiate. Um, The teams are saying the UPS got up from the table. So it's a bunch of back and forth finger pointing. But again, it doesn't matter who got up from the table, whatever. What's going to matter is if we don't have a deal on August 1st, we are not going to be working. Um, There's nothing going to be moving. And that's all on UPS.
1: All right, let's do this. Let's take a, a short break. Uh, We're going to have more from The Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause when we come back.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC21.
1: Hi, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To the labor show with Jay Doten and here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD, we're in the middle of a, a, a great conversation with Richard Hooker Jr. Teamsters Local six twenty three Secretary Treasurer, Principal Officer, uh, and we're and, and we're talking about the looming uh, strike uh, between the Teamsters and and, and uh, uh, UPS. And so, uh, Richard, if you would, uh, first of all, you mentioned the contract expires when.
3: Uh, July 31st at midnight. So if you don't have a contract by August 1st, rather I should say at midnight, um, we're going to be on the picket line.
1: Okay. And so having said that, um, uh, you know, at, at this point right now, you know, we, we roughly have, uh, what's, what's today's date? We, uh, today's the, the eighth. So you have approximately 21, 22, 23 days. Okay. Right. Are you ho- are you hopeful? Do you see uh, any progress um, at this point, or what are your thoughts just off the top of your head?
3: Well, at this at this late in the game, I, I, I don't see any other action but to strike, um, because you know the teams have been negotiating with UPS since the beginning of this year. Okay. In a, a lot in a lot of cases. The company wouldn't even come to the bargaining table in the local areas, because in, in in the UPS world, we it's, our contracts are are multifaceted. So you have a national contract, then you, some areas have a regional contract or a rider or addendum or whatever, and then you have your supplement. So we have a supplement here for our local, and then we are, of course we had the national contract. So we were trying to negotiate our supplements first. And in some areas, UPS wouldn't even come to the table. There's a lot of pictures that uh, a lot of our local leaders were sharing where UPS would not even come to the table to negotiate with our local officials. Let's think about that for a minute. Our members just made this company the most profitable it has ever been, and they wouldn't even come to the table. That's yeah, and, UPS and, in
1: the nutshell. So let's, let's talk about, and, and, and <laughs> it doesn't surprise me though, because corporate greed, there's no end to it. Okay. And, and, you know, so while your workers are, 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 are creating and, and doing uh, everything they can to help build this company um, as even, and we talked about during the pandemic, you know, putting lives at risk um, you know, the, the, the you know, the machine never stopped. Okay, so this is the thanks you get. Let's talk about the issues, Richard. Um, talk, you know, talk, talk about, uh, you know, the main issues that you're dealing with.
3: So we have, um, there's a, a lot of issues, but kind of the major issues, we have this tiered system of how our workers get paid. So there was a, uh, an article introduced in the last round of uh, negotiations in 2018, uh where they had these hybrid drivers where they would do the same thing as a regular package car driver but they would get paid six to seven dollars less and they wouldn't have the protections of a regular package car driver. So um from what we saw and what we've been told the company and the, the union have agreed to eliminate that. So that's a good thing. The other part which is the foundation of a lot of our issues At UPS, it's the constant harassment, the intimidation, the bullying, the retaliation. I mean, it it is so bad there. Um, It's unbelievable. And that part right there needs to be fixed. People can't get paid on time. You got to fight for your check. This company makes billions of dollars, but you can't even get your check on time. That's a big, big, big issue. Now, we talked about, and, and I'm, I mean, this
1: might be the first, uh, you know, the first uh, point you made, uh, the part-time workers. Okay. Is that part of the first, uh, the, the you know, the issue that, yeah. that you talked part, about first? The,
3: the part-time workers make up about 60, 65% of the entire UPS workforce. But there's a big discrepancy there because even though they make up the largest part, they get paid the least and they don't have a lot of protections that, you know, all other workers have. So, so the like the duty random
1: i are the are the part time workers able to join the union?
3: Yes, yes, okay. they're they're in the union. Okay, and they get the benefits. They get all the things that a full timer would get. They just don't get the wages or the hours, and it takes for forever to go full time. So another part of this contract struggle is more full time jobs.
1: Now, what, what is the benefit to, to UPS for, 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 for having this uh, part-time workforce?
3: Well, um, pension, a full-time pension, right? And then also the part-timers, they, they treat them so bad, it's like a revolving door, right? Most part-timers don't stay past four or five years. So you're talking about a revolving door. and You can always start another part-timer at a lower rate lower wage and so you're constantly just paying them lower paying them lower paying them lower and you're not worried about them staying their longevity gaining higher um wages or even the potential of going full time to collect a full-time pension so this this model that they have of a part-time workforce greatly benefits them because the pay the fact that they constantly are moving throughout the company either they're they do not stay long so they don't have to invest in them that much because they know there's a revolving door from right. the part-time rank. That's what they want. They want that. Okay, so um, we got a couple minutes left. But talk about the rally next week. So, yeah, July 13th, we're going to have a rally and practice picketing at 8 a.m. at our 15 East Oregon Avenue facility. Then at 5.30 p.m., we're going to have rally and practice picking at the airport facility. We're looking for everybody to come out, show your support for the workers, because again, we stood and we delivered for America during a very, very dark and bad time in America. We, we delivered, we came to work, we sacrificed, and what we're asking from the public now is for them to also stand with us during a dark and difficult time during these negotiations. Please come out July thirteenth, 8 a.m. 15 East Oregon Avenue, or 5:30 at One Hog Island Road at the Philadelphia Air Hub. Richard Hooker, Teamsters Local
1: 623, Secretary-Treasurer, Principal Officer. Uh, we appreciate you being with us on on the Labor Show. Keep doing what you're doing, uh, and and all of our listeners, take note. And it's time to support the Teamsters Union during this time. Let's tell UPS to treat our workers right, to make sure that, that that we get treated right, and let them know that we won't stand forward as well. Richard, thank you so much for joining the Labor Show, my friend.
0: Thank you, dear brother. Appreciate you.
1: You got it. We'll have more from the Labor Show with Jay Dotton and Krause in just a minute.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local
1: 542. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To the labor show with Jay Dock and Krause on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD. Shout out to all of our union members and union families throughout the Delaware Valley. Uh, certainly, uh, you know it's a, it's a it's a hot time in the in in, in the summer, uh, but we are here and we want to give a shout out to everybody who's listening. So I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Darnell Davis, uh, business agent, AFSME DC thirty three, local sixteen thirty seven. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Jay. How are you? I cannot complain. Uh, certainly, uh, it's great to have you on the on the program. Shout out to our good friend uh, Frank Halber and Ernest Garrett uh, for DC thirty three and Omar Salam. Um, great leadership yes. there, and uh, so so. For, if you would, first, you know, you represent a very unique workforce um, in, in Local sixteen thirty seven. Tell our, our listeners a little bit about them.
4: Yes, I work, I represent um, all the civilians in the police department at our dispatchers. Correctional officers, clerks, a uh, fingerprint techs. I represent uh, the fire department um, civilians, the DA's office, the civilians in the DA's office, uh, capital programs, public property, and the parking authority. I represent the Philadelphia Parking Authority, all on street um, towing, ticketing, booting, and such.
1: And we're not, ta- and we're not going to be ticketing anybody in East Falls, right, in my neighborhood, for the next what
3: <laughs> eight years? I
1: thought that was what it said. What are we negotiating for that? <laughs> having said that, though, it's funny. Um, yeah. Having uh, having having said that, though, it's a, it's a very diverse workforce, and and uh, you know, and and it, there's a lot of stress in 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 both jobs, in all the jobs that you represent, and all the all the workers. Yeah. Um, how yeah. many workers do you do you do you represent? What's a, what's a, the roundabout number? All right, got approximately twelve members. Okay, and. When 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 we think about and let's let's uh, if if we would talk about um, the dispatchers, okay? Because to talk about a stressful job, okay, uh, and you're undermanned at at this point. We need to hire more. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, those workers and 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 the stress that they work under on a moment by moment basis.
4: Yes, yeah, the dispatchers are working tirelessly right now especially being on demand as you say i mean they're doing better they're doing they've been hiring dispatchers for the last two years but the stress level is increasing with the crime in the city of Philadelphia. the crime increases the dispatch numbers the calls call taker numbers go up um with, we shorter police officers so dispatchers have to try to get police officers to the busiest and the most important jobs um and it's, it's stressful very stressful you know when some certain things happen in the city. Uh, the dispatcher has to walk the cop through it or help the cop through it, and dispatcher has to take a break, you know, and either sometimes go to therapy or sometimes just go sit in a room because it's, it's stressful on a lot of these women and men that work as police dispatchers. Now and fire I, dispatchers.
1: I was going to ask you about the fire dispatchers. If uh, you know, I know we've been working real hard. There's been a shortage in the city of police officers. Uh, number one, and and uh, and then of course the the, the dispatchers and. In, in both areas, talk about that because it's been an area we've talked about in, uh, many times. Um, what is the? Uh, how often have we been hiring them? And what and what is? And what do we still need? Well, right
4: now in the police department, I think we need about fifty more dispatchers to reach the number they've been they've been hiring every three months for the last two years, year and a half, two years. The fire department, I think we need approximately ten more, and they have been doing hiring. Um, oh they've been doing hiring for the last year um you know but there's drips and drabs you know a lot of people it's not the pay is not as great as it should be which I would like it to be the city is trying to increase the pay and they have done over the last year but not enough because there are other jobs paying a lot more with a lot less stress
1: yeah and 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 in 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 that situation obviously we have uh we and we have a new mayor coming in um what you know yeah. what are your what are your hopes uh, in regards to, um, you know, the, the, you know, the new mayor that's coming in.
4: Well, I hope, uh, Sherelle Park, I haven't dealt with her personally, but I know that she's toured to, um, to some of our units, including um, police radio, and she's promising to uh, uh, make police radio better. Uh, she's trying to, to, to get it fully staffed and make it more efficient. So I hope that, you know, she lives up to that promise.
1: And, and having and, and, said that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm good. I'm I'm sorry. So so when when somebody you know when you know when somebody gets hired for that position, what type of training do they receive?
4: Oh, they it's intensive training. Um they have six weeks of training, in class training that is done um by some great trainers of course, and then they have another uh, five and a half months of on uh, on a job training, um and you know, answering calls and dispatching police. They don't become a full dispatcher until a year. So they're a trainee for
1: a year. Okay, and it's it. There's almost no way. I'm. I. You know. We've all heard the dispatching. You know. Like. You know. That the on on TV on 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 the, on the internet. You know. It would when there's a really high stress, high pressure call. There's it, it, no way to really. You know you know describe that unless they're in in that situation that you talk about the conditions of 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 which these workers are working on a daily basis and have been for the last several years and how it can build up and really impact somebody emotionally
4: yes because like i said the calls increase the numbers of calls i, I believe over you any day could be about 6000 6000 calls a, a day so you imagine answering 200 calls, you're a dispatcher, you're answering 200 calls. And when a person calls 911, that's the, they're at the worst point of their, their life at that moment. Oh, they yeah. think that whatever's going on um, is 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 the most important thing to that person. And the dispatchers have to, uh, you know, try to be calm. And especially with a lot of the different things going on, mental issues that's going on, uh, um, they have to ask every person to calling to protect the police officers on the street is are there any mental mental issues that are involved in are there certain issues that involved that will endanger the police and um, if so they got to talk them through that
1: so having yeah, i mean you know and and i mean it's 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 uh, you know un- unbelievable conditions life and death on you know you yeah. talked about hundreds and hundreds of calls um right. and and you mentioned th- that crime and 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 the situation where crime in, in, in the city um, has impacted that. With when crime goes up, obviously nine one one gets, uh, you know, the calls increase. Um, yeah. And, if, and and as we segue, you know, in, into the other individuals, when you talk about crime, how does crime, um, you know, impact uh, the ticket writers? Uh, you know, you know the parking authority because those people are out there, and that's a very stressful situation.
4: Yes, very stressful, and it's been an increasing the crime rate for ticket riders has been increasing. Um, the Parking Authority is working tirelessly, trying to get the safety. Um, Rich Laser, he's the director of the Parking Authority. He he is trying to get find ways to make them safer. Uh, but you're in the streets, and when you know a, a person's in a city, your car and your house are the two biggest things you have. And when they're in danger of losing that, as far as a ticket or getting booted or getting told. Uh, you know, anger can come, which is really, you know, targeted on ticket riders or booters or toll operators, but it shouldn't be, but it happens. And, and sometimes and, 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 guns are branded, and, yes.
1: Yeah, and how, How? what are some, I mean, I don't know exact stats, but how often does that, you know, we talk about attempted assaults, assaults, how How often does somebody who's in that position, uh, how much, How often do they, do they encounter those situations? Uh, assaults happen a, a num- too many times during
4: a month. Physical assaults maybe two a month, but verbal assaults almost every day. Almost every day, verbal assaults and threatening. We had a gentleman um, brandish a gun at a ticket right at Knife and Chestnut uh, a couple days ago. Um, right. Thankfully, a bike cop was near, and a bike cop arrested the gentleman. Uh, but the city... The sitting- they get, they're getting treated as if they're important ticket riders and booters and tow operators as if they're important parts of the city to police officers. And the police officers are doing their best to arrest anybody that attempts or does assault a ticket rider or a member
1: of the parking authority. And as a labor leader, uh, you know, what 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 is your, you know, you know, your main priority when you talk about both of those areas because you're dealing with a stressed out workforce?
4: Yes, uh, I'm definitely trying to make make our members feel safe and be safe. Um, Too many times, too many nights, I've been in hospital rooms or in emergency rooms with with members who are assaulted for just coming to work, just doing their job. And somebody, some crazy person or some person who is fed up, assaults them. And, you know, I'm hoping that um, that ends shortly in this city.
1: Well, listen, Darnell, I know you do a great job on behalf of your members. You're a passionate guy. and. We appreciate everything you do. You're, you're, you, know, you represent uh, some of the highest skilled but most stressful um, jobs and, and, and individuals in those jobs, and you do a great job. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the thank Labor you, Show. Uh, our, our pleasure. That's Darnell Davis, business agent, AFSCME, DC33, Local 1637. Uh, we'll have more from the Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause. We're going to welcome in Jimmy up Philadelphia City Council member at large, after the break.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roovers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to The Labor Show with Jay Dot and Crassie on a Saturday night in the summer. Uh, On Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. shout out to Richard Hooker, Teamsters Local 623, Secretary, Treasurer, Principal, Officer, and Darnell Davis, Business Agent, AFSCME, DC33, Local 1637 for being our first two guests. I'm ecstatic to bring into the program a a, a great friend and a great friend to labor, uh, Jimmy Harrity, Philadelphia City Council member at large. Jimmy, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing well, Joseph. How are you, Mr. Krause? What's going on, guys?
1: Well, Krause, by the way, uh, Jimmy is uh on vacation, so I'm in the big chair. Uh oh, but Nice. But and but Do and that's a why that, that that's right and 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 that's why the ratings are going through the roof tonight. We're got out.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and here we are. And I can say that because he's not on the line, but um, and but he does send his best to you, Jimmy. Uh oh, and, thank you. So Jim, if you would, you know, and and congratulations on, on, uh, you know, obviously on the election and um, no one was happier than us and and you did a great job, uh, you know, for the last couple of years. And it's great to have you, uh, you know, you know, for many more terms to come and the the people have spoken and, you know, so proud of you. And so if you would, um, you know, you have a vast uh, political and uh, labor background. Talk a little bit about your union background um, coming up.
2: Well, well, I'm a member of Labor's Local 57 uh, Heavy Highway, uh, have been for about 23 years. Uh, Off and on, you know, uh, it's the good thing with the union, you know, you try different things. If it doesn't work out, as long as you keep your union book up, you're golden. You know, uh, go back get a couple of certifications. You're back to work again. You know, right. so it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, that by
1: the way, that was my favorite part about being an ironworker. You know what I mean? In other words. You know, you have uh you know, you can really, you know, take it in any direction you want. A lot of guys work steady for companies, they you know, and they work twenty-four seven. Uh you can work out of the hall. There's a lot of different things. And like you said, there's a lot of different skills and that's why uh you know, and the, the training's so fantastic. Um, let's talk a little bit about your political background. Um and, and uh talk a little bit about your mentor uh coming up. Uh you, you know, you have a you know a long Lineage of 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 politics, not only in your family, but you know, Congressman Bob Brady was a was a you know a mentor of yours.
2: Oh yeah, for sure, still is. I mean, uh, I'm with the congressman a lot. Uh, you know, uh, we uh, we talk almost every night, uh, going over different things. I call him for advice. I call him to ask them, you know, what's going on. You know, and uh, uh, I'm always there. And then, you know, we always have pizza with the chairman. Every Wednesday at Democratic City Committee, we have uh, pizza with the chairman where people can come in, have some pizza, and sit there and chat with the chairman and uh, hang out. So that's always a good time.
1: Well, you know, and and talk about the... Um you know, it's it's amazing and it is awesome. You know, you you know, you've been involved in politics and labor for, you, you know, your whole adult adult life and probably before that. And, and um, at, at what point did you were you interested in and in, in obviously, um, you know, running for office and, and actually, you know, uh, and, instead of being a support member, being, you know, the, the elected
2: member? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, Joe, I I, I didn't think that uh, that was going to happen. Uh, I thought my time had uh, maybe come and gone. And it's kind of funny, you know, we plan and God plans, and He had some different plans. And, uh, you know, I was sitting talking to Senator Street, complaining about my neighborhood and what the kids had to deal with and what the seniors had to deal with. And he turned around to me and said, uh, I guess you know what you got to do there. And he said, You need to run. And, uh, you know, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Congressman Brady, of course, uh, you know, as you said, has been a mentor of mine for a long time, and uh, he uh, took the ball and ran with it. And you know, this is this is what you get with a lot of teamwork. I mean, the unions were great for me. Uh, you know, uh, the. Building trades did a big thing up in the northeast Philadelphia. Well, Jim Howardy was number one in northeast Philadelphia, and that's a direct correlation to the work of you know Ryan Boyer and Wayne Miller and and Pargrams and Jimmy Snell all pitching together to Timmy Crowder. You know, there's a lot of guys up there. Uh, you know, and 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 your dad's uh, Kevin Boyle, your dad's replacement, and he, he was uh, one of your dad's mentees. Uh, you know, them guys came up big for me, along with the ward leaders up there.
1: And you know what, Jimmy? How gratifying was it that that the voters came out for you uh, on election day? Um, that takes it to a whole nother level.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was. It was very gratifying because, you know, a lot of the stuff I was talking about, some of the political people told me I shouldn't be talking about it, you know, they mean, to stay away from it. And, you know, that's a dangerous topic. And, you know, I knew what the people were saying and, you know, nobody wanted a safe injection site, you know, and as somebody in recovery, to me, that's just like the city putting their hands up and saying, listen, we don't know what to do with these poor people. We're just going to stick them over here and let them do what they're going to do. But the bottom line is, you know, they'll never have a life. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to revive these people, some of them two, three times a day. Yeah, You know, it's just, it's not right. What kind of life is that? You know, and, you know we need and, to get these people into recovery.
1: And, and, and you know, that's a bit, you know, you, you are, your commitment to helping people fight addiction and get into recovery is second to none. Okay. Um, and, and. You know, so you know when you say that, you understand the problem. Yeah, you know, you you see what's going on down in Kensington Avenue uh, on a daily basis, and I know it's a major commitment to you. Talk talk about that, and 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 the fight against addiction, and how passionate you are about that.
2: Well, you know. Uh, th- th- The fight against addiction has been going on for a long, long time. And, you know, Kensington was hit hard. And, you know, to be honest, where I live, about six years ago, it was starting to get a little better. Uh, But then COVID hit, and it decimated us. I mean, we have no stores left down there uh Kensington needs a lot of help and it's going to take an all hands on deck approach that's why I'm so happy that uh Sherelle Parker won for mayor uh you know she gets it I've had conversations with her she's uh you know she's pro police uh you know she's she's good people and I'm excited to to see what she does in uh leaving this city forward as our first uh female african American mayor you know making history again in the city of Philadelphia.
1: And, 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 and having said that, you know, you mentioned, uh, uh Senator Street. Okay. A great, great friend, in the labor and, 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 uh, you know, you were uh, his chief of staff for how long, was it a decade? It was almost. Uh,
2: yeah, it was six years. Uh, you know, his his whole term so far and then I went over and became the political director for the state of Pennsylvania when he became the, uh, uh, chairman of the uh, democratic party in Pennsylvania, which he is now, uh, you know, I go back, I'm still helping out with him and and that and trying to get gear up because, you know, there's always another campaign, you know, that and the presidential is coming up, uh, U.S. Senate, uh, Bob Casey, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up. And, you know, I'm excited. Uh, things are happening.
1: So, so having said that, let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you have a, a bill coming out. Talk about your pothole bill because, huh. Talk about a hot-button issue,
2: okay? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, You know, as a highway worker, it was really driving me crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, There's an actual definition of a pothole. A pothole is when moisture gets under the asphalt, and in the wintertime it freezes and expands, and the asphalt starts to crumble, and eventually you get a hole. Well, what we're seeing—they're not actually potholes; they're construction holes that were done illegally. Because if they were—if they would have pulled a permit, the city of Philadelphia comes out and fills the holes because we want to make sure they're done right. So they wait till they get about ten in an area, and then they send the streets department and come out and they fill them in right. You got to put concrete down first. You got to make sure it's all straight. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it uh, to make sure that it'll last. And uh, what we're seeing is these are mostly laterals going into people's houses where uh, a contractor comes out and he does lateral. It doesn't take very long to do that, so they shut the street for uh, an hour or two, dig dig it out throw the laterals in, throw the dirt back on. If you're lucky, maybe they throw a little asphalt on it to make it look like it's all right. But then two cars drive over it, and you got this big hole. So this gives us an opportunity to go after these contractors to make them start pulling the permits so that we can make sure that they're filled in right. Uh, you know, the, the city's uh, the city is uh, to blame for a lot of things, uh, but a lot of the things that, as far as poddles are concerned, that we're getting blamed for are actually us it's not you know it's puddles so we'll be able to find them now they'll get a uh, believe it's like 350 uh is the fine per hole uh and on top of that they'll have to go and pull permit which means they're going to end up having to dig it all back out let the inspector inspect it then fill it all back in and then we'll come in and fill it up but after you get a couple of people like that the word's going to get around and that'll stop real quick they'll go down and pull permit.
1: You're you're talking about fly by night contractors, mostly likely non
2: union contractors that oh, are out absolutely. there. absolutely, yeah. You know, they're they're guys uh, out there just doing it willy nilly. They don't. Uh, yeah, they're not. You know.
1: And, and so the it's bottom line is,
2: it's a problem. It's yeah, a way so, for us to hold them responsible, hold them accountable, and it's pretty easy to catch them because once you go to the, the you can always see what house it's going into. So once you go over there, you talk to the land, uh, the owner of the property. They're going to say, "Why well, hired such and such a contractor?" Well, he charged me for a permit. You know what I mean? Right. But the guy didn't get a permit, you know what I'm saying? And he skipped a step. Uh, this will give us a chance to get him, and it, you know, and then once we can uh, uh, establish a pattern, then we can also help put them out of business so that we don't have them out there.
3: Uh,
1: having said that, when does the bill come to fruition?
2: Well, right now it's, uh, it's in committee. It, it should be out... Uh, uh, of committee uh it was amended a uh, a couple of the departments had some things they wanted to add like the fine wasn't that steep at first it was only 150 dollars is what i had it at they wanted me to raise it i believe was the streets department asked me to raise it uh but, you know, different things like that. You know how it is. You get a bill, it starts off, and then uh, people start adding stuff that they think may make it better. And, you know, then that process goes. So I think it'll come out of committee in the next uh, session and uh, should pass. And I've already been told that the, uh, the mayor doesn't see a problem with Well, their office doesn't see a problem as of now.
1: Listen, Jimmy, you know. uh- we we uh we appreciate you uh you know being on the program. We're ecstatic, obviously, that your uh of your election to Philadelphia up your city council. Uh, it's Jimmy Harity, ladies and gentlemen, Philadelphia City Councilman at large. Thanks so much for joining the Labor Show, my friend.
2: Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure, my brother.
1: You got to keep up the good work. I want to thank Jimmy Harity, Richard Hooker, uh, uh, Darnell D- Davis uh, for a fantastic show. On behalf of Joe Krause, I'm Joe Dougherty. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.